This is Pastor Landon Davis. Thank you for joining me for our daily Bible study. Today we'll be uh, reading through 1 Corinthians chapter 9, and we'll be reading from the World English Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Am I not free? Am I not an apostle? Haven't I seen Jesus Christ our Lord? Aren't you my work in the Lord? If to others I am not an apostle, yet at least I am to you, for you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. My defense to those who examine me is this. Have we no right to eat and to drink? Have we no right to take along a wife who is a believer, even as the rest of the apostles and the brothers of the Lord and Cephas? Or have only Barnabas and I no, no right to not work? What soldier ever serves at his own expense? Who plants a vineyard and doesn't eat of its fruit? Or who feeds a flock and doesn't drink from the flock's milk? Do I speak these things according to the ways of men? Or doesn't the law also say the same thing? For it is written in the law of Moses, You shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain. Is it for the ox that God cares, or does he say it assuredly for our sake? Yes, it was written for our sake, because he who plows ought to plow in hope, and he who threshes in hope should partake of his hope. In chapter 8, Paul instructed them to be considerate of the weak uh, brethren, and even if this required some personal sacrifice or exercising restraint in areas of their life which they felt that they had liberty. So here Paul uses himself as an example of personal sacrifice. He affirms that he is an apostle in every sense of the word. He has seen the Lord. He's done the work of an apostle. And yet he hasn't exercised his rights as a minister. Evidently, it was common in the first century for ministers to work full-time for the Lord. For example, in Acts 6, the 12 gave over the administrative task of the church to others so that they could continue steadfastly in prayer and in the ministry of the Word. And so the ministry provides for a church's spiritual needs, and so the church is to provide for the minister's physical needs. Paul evidently rather uniquely, decided it would be best to preach here to the Corinthians without being compensated. Now, he doesn't do this because it's not his right to be compensated. His whole argument is that ministers should expect to be provided for. These are their rights as laboring laborers for the Lord. And so he said, don't I have a right to be, to be fed, to eat, and to drink? And didn't he have a right to earn a living so that he could support a wife and a family? The rest of the apostles did. So why couldn't Paul or his partner Barnabas? Why Why were they the only ones that were expected to preach the gospel and also work a secular job? He said, what about, think of the ways things work in the world. What soldier served at his own expense or if he worked in a vineyard who would plant and then not enjoy the harvest or what shepherd wouldn't at least drink from the milk of the flock and these were examples that that showed that a laborer should receive the rewards from his labor it's it's the natural way that the world works it's the way that things are Next, Paul uses the law of Moses to reiterate the same principle. He says, In the law of Moses, you weren't allowed to muzzle an ox. As it labored, it could eat of the grain that it threshed. Now, did God really care about the ox, or was there a principle that he was trying to teach the people? 
those that labor for the Lord should have hope of partaking from that labor and they should have their needs met to sustain their life. Verse 11, if we sow to you spiritual things, is it a great thing if we reap your fleshly things? If others partake of this right over you, don't we yet more? Nevertheless, we didn't use this right, but we bear all things that we may cause no hindrance to the good news of Christ. Don't you know that those who serve around sacred things eat from the things of the temple? And those who wait on the altar have their portion with the altar. Even so, the Lord ordained that those who proclaim the good news should live from the good news. So Paul and Barnabas have labored and suffered so that these people could be saved. They had traveled as missionaries. They had faced countless difficulties and and controversies. And it, it would be such a small thing for them to ask for the salary that was due them. Even in the temple, he he uses the example of the priest and the Levites. Um, They were allowed to use the tithes for their sustenance. And and even when they made offerings to the Lord, they were given a portion of what was offered to the Lord. And so Paul concluded that this should have been all the proof they needed that God ordained that those who proclaim the good news should live from the good news. It's, It's God's plan for his ministers to make a living ministering. Yet, Paul, after laying out his case for what we would call full-time ministry today, uh, stated that he chose not to exercise this right. He suffered and he bore unnecessary burdens uh, so that the work of God wouldn't be hindered. It was his personal sacrifice, and he was willing to do it, though he had a right to demand more. Verse 15, But I have used none of these things, and I don't write these things that it may be done so in my case, for I would rather die than that anyone should make my boasting void. For if I preach the good news, I have nothing to boast about, for necessity is laid on me. But woe to me if I don't preach the good news, for if I do this in my own will, I have a reward. But if not in my own will, I have a stewardship entrusted to me. What then is my reward, that when I preach the good news, I may present the good news of Christ without charge, so as not to abuse my authority in the good news? So Paul says he he decided not to use his rights. In his unique ministry of traveling to places that hadn't yet heard the gospel, places that didn't have a church established, it was to the benefit of the gospel if he was able to work and to provide for his own needs. Now, it is worth remembering that Paul was not married. So, as a single man, he had referenced this earlier, he was able to commit himself entirely to the church. And so, he wanted, um, when he went, he didn't want anyone to be able to question his motivation. As he came bringing this new gospel of Jesus Christ, he didn't want anybody to say that he was in it for the money, that he was in it trying to to take advantage of people. He didn't want anyone to be able to question his motives. And so when when he would come and establish a church, he he had the boast, he, he had his record that he was laboring and he was just doing it because he was convinced. He hadn't left Judaism for Christianity because he could get a 
a bigger reward monetarily. There was no way you could question what he was doing uh, if you fairly examined his life. And so Paul had a very unique ministry for a unique purpose. Now, he doesn't deny God's plan for the minister to be provided for. He doesn't provide that they have a right. He doesn't say they did anything wrong if they demanded that the church fulfill its obligation. But he he said in his case, he would rather to do do what he felt was most beneficial for the young church and just to trust God for his reward. Verse 19, For though I was free from all, I brought myself under bondage to all, that I might gain the more. To the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might gain Jews. To those who are under the law as under the law, that I might gain those who are under the law. To those who are without law as without law, not being without law towards God, but under law towards Christ, that I might win those who are without law. To the weak I became as weak, that I might gain the weak. I have become all things to all men, that I might, may by all means save some. Now I do this for the sake of the good news, that I may be a joint partaker of it. So, Paul here is using himself once again as an example of not abusing liberty. And this isn't a matter of, of Paul patting himself on the back. He has asked them to be considerate of the people around them, and he's showing them that this, on all levels of the church, even the apostles and the ministers, are making personal sacrifices uh, for the good of the body. And so he he uses this idea of not abusing liberty. He says when he's with the Jews, Paul certainly knows that he's not bound by the law, but he lives as a Jew so as not to offend. And when he's with the Gentiles, he, he's not bound by the Jewish law. Um, he, and and when he's with them, he, he lives as a Gentile. He doesn't, he, he's careful that he doesn't offend the Gentiles. He fellowships with them and, and it's very natural. He, he lives without the law for those who don't have the law of Moses. Now, this doesn't mean he was free to sin. He's still bound by the law of God, but just not the many restrictions and practices of the Jews. He was doing whatever he could that he might save some. Verse 24, Don't you know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run like that, that you may win. Every man who strives in the games exercises self-control in all things. Now they do it to receive a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore run like that, not aimlessly. I fight like that, not beating the air, but I beat my body and bring it into submission. Lest by any means, after I have preached to others, I myself should be rejected. And so now Paul gets down to the the heart of of why we do what we do. We labor for a purpose. We live a dedicated life for a reason. We're considerate of others and sacrifice um, for the good of God's kingdom and for an eternal award. And so Paul stated that he had a purpose in everything that he did. He humbled himself. He brought his body into submission because he didn't want to be a castaway or be rejected. He didn't want to fall short of what God had called him to do. And so we need to be careful after all of our preaching, our praying, our testifying, that we're doing it for the right reason. It, it still matters that our heart is right and that our motives 
that our motives are pure. So let's pray together and ask the Lord to help us. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus. We ask that we could truly be Christians, that we would care and love for others, our neighbor as ourselves, that we would love you and serve you and be willing to sacrifice in whatever way is necessary that we could fulfill your good and perfect will. We pray it all in the name of Jesus Christ. God bless you. Thank you for listening. Join me again tomorrow for another episode.